And God is good? And all the time? I'm glad that you chose to worship with us. Weren't those videos amazing? I, I am, man, just thankful for life change. I, I, I pray that we never get tired of hearing someone's story, how God reached down. And, you know, earlier uh, in our Connect Group hour, we had our uh, Discover Hallmark class, and it was our last class of the, this session, and we just get to go around the table and hear everyone's story of how they met Jesus. And do you remember the time you met Jesus? Do you remember that? Do you remember the emotion you had when you finally decided, yes, I'm all in. I, I, I've decided to follow Jesus. For me, it took a while. I was stubborn. I know it surprises you if you know me well, but I was stubborn. But the, when I finally said yes to Jesus, it changed everything. It changed everything. If today you've never said yes to Jesus, I hope you'll do it today. These, these three people that gave their story, they clearly let you know it's, in, it's for anyone. And all you have to do is say yes to Jesus. Hey, we are in our second week of this kind of short mini-series. I, I told you last week this is probably going to be uh, the most overused theme or sermon series in all of the world this year, 2020 vision, right? And so we want to continue that series. And as we think about it this morning, we last week we kind of journeyed back and, and looked back over the last six weeks and and we talked about the series one and how God is, Jesus was praying that the church would be unified so that people would be able to find and follow Jesus. And that's kind of where we landed last week. So I kind of want to pick up from where we landed last week. Uh, if you have your bulletin, I would encourage you to get that out. Take some notes. If you're not aware, maybe you have already downloaded the YouVersion Bible app. If you haven't downloaded it, I would encourage you to do that. Uh, but on the YouVersion Bible app, if you look under events, uh, our event is there for this morning, and so all the notes that you will find in the bulletin are also on that app, so maybe it's easier for you to follow along there. Uh, it's also in English and in Spanish on the YouVersion Bible app. And I also wanted to mention and say, really say thank you to, uh, to Israel, in case you, you aren't aware. Uh, let's, let's make it real awkward this morning. Everybody look up at the very top corner of the, the church, Israel. Maybe you can see him waving. Israel is actually translating into Spanish right now, and we have several in the sanctuary who have a listening device and are listening. So maybe you have a neighbor or a coworker or a friend that, that uh, English is not their first language, maybe that Spanish would be, then invite them to come. We, we do have a, a Spanish Bible study every Sunday at 9.30, a Spanish Bible study every Wednesday night as well, and so we're just making that available. So I appreciate Israel and several others in the church who are bilingual are going to help us translate. So that's also on the YouVersion Bible app in, in Spanish. Now, all throughout, especially throughout the New Testament, this theme, we, we talked about uh, where we landed last week on your bulletin. The first blanks here. It says this, leading people to find and follow Jesus. Leading people to find and follow Jesus. That's, that's what we kind of, as we journeyed for six weeks through the book of Ephesians and talking about unity and why would Jesus pray that we'd be one so that we can make disciples. And so this focus, this allow us as a church to really focus. What's, what's the vision? What's the mission of the church? I think most of us, if you've grown a church, you realize that the mission is simple, that we're to make disciples. But this is an easy way for us to kind of define what does that even mean to make disciples? It means that we're leading people to find Jesus and also 
to follow Jesus. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. We're going to just read one verse of Scripture, then we're going to move on from there. But these two verses of Scripture, Acts 1, 8, and then Matthew 28, really clearly define what the mission and the vision of every church, what we as followers of Jesus, those who believe in Christ, what we should be about. So Acts 1, 8 simply says this. And again, this is Jesus talking to the disciples. Acts 1, verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And so as Jesus is speaking, he's speaking to those who are believers in Christ. And he says to them, you're going to be my witnesses after you receive the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. And you're going to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And so we think about even in context of our local church this morning. That we're going to be witnesses here in Fort Worth. We're going to be witnesses in Crowley, Burleson, Greater Fort Worth. And then we're going to be witnesses in Texas. Then we're going to be witnesses all over the world. And if you're new to Hallmark, what you have to realize is this church and the history of this church has um, a footprint all over the world. What God is doing from this place, and that's what Jesus is saying in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. You're going to be witnesses. You're going to tell people about Jesus. All right, now Matthew chapter 28. So in Matthew 28, uh, this is right before Jesus is going to ascend into heaven. Both of these passages are really in Acts 1-8 and Matthew 28, really the last words of Jesus before he went back up into heaven. uh, And he's sitting at the right hand of God waiting to return for the church. And so it's important what he says. These are really the last opportunity for him to speak mission, vision, and purpose into the church. In Matthew 28, 18, he says this, Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, so here's the mission, right? This is the mission of the church. This is the mission of of believers of Christ. Make disciples. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, as we saw this morning, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, teaching them to observe all things that are commanded, and I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. And in this passage, we see what we're talking about, leading people to find and follow Jesus. Because he says, go make disciples. That's telling them about Jesus. That's the gospel. That's evangelism. And then he says in verse 20, teaching them to observe all these things. In other words, to now follow, be a follower of Jesus, this understanding of discipleship. So we are to make disciples, and we do that by leading people to find and follow Jesus. Now, when we think about this idea of leading people to find and follow Jesus, it's all under this umbrella, right, of the mission of the church. Make disciples. So I think it's under, really clear to be, um, to, to define our terms. How many of you ever took debate class? Anybody ever t- take debate class? Wow, raise your hand because there wasn't as many as I thought there might be. How many of you love debate class? That's the arguers in the room if you want to look around. And one of the first things about debate you would learn is let's define our terms, all right? So let's define our terms this morning. So in your bulletin, you see the first blank there is disciple. What is a disciple? Here's, there, there's a lot of definitions that you could find on this idea or this word disciple. I love this definition. This is a definition that I stole from, uh, from Tony Evans, and it says this, a visible and verbal follower of Jesus. 
a visible and verbal follower of Jesus. What we've become pretty good at in church world is we've been pretty good at being a visible follower of Jesus. And, and we're not as good as we should be at being a verbal follower of Jesus. Now, I used to use this quote a lot, and, and in fact, this week I started uh, doing a little research on it. Uh, I should say a very little because I googled it once and found all this information, but I used to use this quote. Um, by uh, St. Francis of Assisi. And it says this, preach the gospel at all times, if necessary, use words. How many of you have ever heard that quote before? Okay, guess what? It's, no one's ever found anywhere documented that he actually said that. He was misquoted. And he's got this quote attributed to him that he never said. But it's interesting because when you think about that quote, preach Christ at all times, if necessary, use words. The truth is, if we're going to really preach the gospel, words are always going to be necessary. Here is another statement that would more accurately depict what this man who's been misquoted for all these years would say. It's simply impossible to preach the gospel without words. The gospel is inherently verbal. Preaching the gospel is inherently a verbal behavior. So listen in the, in the words, in the famous words of the great theologian Jimmy Johnson. He said, if you're going to walk the walk, you've got to what? Talk the talk. Again, as, as Christians, we've gotten the walk the walk down pretty good. We, we can look really good on the outside. We come to church and everything, yeah, everything's great. But who am I verbally telling people to Jesus? Who am I verbally saying, hey, you know what? Here's my story. We heard these stories on the video this morning. Two minutes, three minutes max. It doesn't take long to tell your story about, before I met Jesus, this is, I felt like church was about rules and religion. And then I was introduced to a Jesus that loved me and forgave me. And when I gave my life to him, I realized, wow, I have a relationship with Jesus and I got peace in my life. That, that was the story you heard this morning, wasn't it? And, and how important it is for us to be disciples. If we're really going to say we're a disciple of Christ, then the definition defines for us what that is, right? It's a visible and a, say it with me, verbal follower of Jesus. Am I actually sharing my faith with anyone. Now, in church world, it seems like there's, there's two extremes on this, all right? So how many of you are wondering what this boat is here for this morning, right? Now, I, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm a little nervous about getting in this thing. Um, but when we think about finding and following Jesus, then there's, there's evangelism. We're leading people to find. There is discipleship. We're leading people to follow. Hopefully I spelled those right. I didn't ask my wife to check that. Um, and so when we think about evangelism discipleship, helping people find and follow Jesus, it takes both, right? It takes both. And, and we get extremes. All right, so everybody pray for me real quick. I did wear my KU socks, by the way, in case you wanted to know. Can we say rock chalk together? We need unity in the church, right? All right, so... How many of you have ever been in a rowboat? This feels really awkward. It felt a lot different when no one was in here watching me. All right. So how many of you have ever tried to be in one of these boats with a spouse? Your laughter tells me it did not go too well. How, how many of you ever tried with a girlfriend or a boyfriend? 
And that ended the relationship. Any, anybody? <laughs> so we think about um, discipleship. There's too many phones taking pictures right now. And when we think about <laughs> discipleship and evangelism, it takes both. Okay, I would like to tell you a story about my wife and I rowing a boat, but I'm not going to. So, when, when what happens when you're, when you're not balanced and you're not doing both? Can you tell me what happens? Okay, you could roll over. How many of you have fallen out of a canoe before? Okay, how many of you got mad at your spouse when that happened? So, what else happens when you are not balanced? You're not doing it together. You go in circles, right? Let, let's see if we can do this. All right, so... You go in circles, and what is obvious as I go in a circle, guess what I'm not doing? I'm not going anywhere, am I? I'm very good that that actually worked. So I want everybody to close your eyes for just a moment. I want you to think about something, because I'm going to try to get out of this boat. So that got out. I didn't fall, right? So let's think about this. Naturally, probably naturally, you're better at one than the other. Some of you are more wired to really get deep into Scripture, and you're over here doing this. And you know what? You know what you need in your life? Someone else in the church that's really good at this, that can row with us. Because that's, that's the whole purpose when we think about what Jesus is praying for unity, is that look around the room. We're different people. And that's a good word to use, different, right? We're different but that's good. God has put us in the church because some of you are really good at sharing your story and some of you are really good at going deep into the weeds, right? And as a church, what we have to be is balanced in both. We have to continually lead people to Christ. We have to continually go deep and understand what does it mean to follow Christ? So let's kind of unpack these words this morning, all right? So we define disciple and we think a disciple is a visible, verbal follower of Jesus. And we think about evangelism. What does that mean? All right, so let's define this word. The next blank there on your, on your bulletin then is evangelism. Sharing the gospel by public preaching or personal witness. Public preaching or per, uh, personal witness. So obviously, I think we all understand what public preaching is, right? That's what I'm doing here. I've already given you the gospel. You've heard the gospel from the testimonies. The gospel is very simple. What Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15 was that if you believe the gospel, first he says, I declared to you the gospel, preached, I told you, I witnessed the gospel to you. You believed in the gospel, and because you believed the gospel, you were saved by the gospel. Well, then verse 3 and 4 tell us, well, what's the gospel? I'm glad you asked. The gospel is very simple. That Jesus died according to the scriptures, that he was buried for three days according to the scriptures, and that he rose again. That's the gospel. And Jesus is saying through Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, we are to publicly preach the gospel. That's what we're doing here. That's what we do in church. That's one of the main focuses every Sunday morning is the scriptures always point to Jesus. It's always back to Jesus, so evangelism. But the second part of that definition gets a little personal, right? Exactly what it says, a personal witness. What's awesome about those who, um, the videos you heard today, um, David and his daughter Victoria, you know that Elaine Lindsay, one of our church members, invited them to church. And they came to church, they heard the gospel, 
and they gave a lot to Christ. I'm thankful for people in our church who are not afraid to give their personal witness. And, and uh, you know, yesterday I got a message um, on Facebook uh, from a friend, a, a college friend who is he, a missionary in Italy. And he, he messaged me, and uh, I was actually reading, and he messaged me and said, Hey, how is your prayer focus on one, on unity going? And I said, hey, man, it's going good. Kind of explain a little bit. And then he asked me, what is something specific I can pray for you about? And I, so I typed up five names. I gave him five names and said, hey, these are five people that currently right now I'm praying that God would, would, would enter their life, that they would say yes to Jesus. And you know what he immediately responded back to me? Well, I'll read it for you. Here's all he responded. Saverio, James, Samuel, David, Alessandro and Andrea, all young men who desperately need Christ. What's so cool was I shared with him five names, and he won up me and shared six names <laughs> of who he's praying for to bring to Christ. Here's something for you to think about. Who's on your list right now? Because if, if the church is going to be balanced, we're going to make progress we're going to lead people to find and follow Jesus. It can't just be public preaching. It has to be personal witness. Who are you personally praying for? Who are you personally sharing your story with? This is what Paul was talking about in Romans chapter 10. And he said this, How should they call on him who they have not believed? And how should they believe in him if they have not heard? And how should they hear without someone telling them, without a preacher, someone to proclaim? Who are you personally inviting to Christ. So we got evangelism, we got discipleship. Now, I'm going to ask um, one of the young ladies that, that got um, baptized today uh, if, if she would come up here. So Hattie, would, would you come up here today? Can we give Hattie a hand today, all right? So she did such a great job telling her story. But as some of you uh, may know, some of you may not know, that um, Allison, our children's director, um, this year, every quarter, she is offering a new believers class. It's entitled, I'm a Christian now. And so Hattie had went through this class, and so I actually have up here to give her a certificate um, because this is a part of discipleship. It's not just about, you know, telling them, hey, here's how to find Jesus, but it's also, she's taking your picture, how to follow Jesus, right? So are you excited about this? But do you think she needs a test before I give this to her? Do you want to take a test before I give it to you? <laughs> All right, so I'm going to ask you a couple questions because this is important. It's important for us as we understand what it means to find Jesus. It's also as important to understand what it means to follow Jesus, that we are training, that we're teaching. All right, so Hattie, I heard you had a big day yesterday. Did something big happen to you yesterday? What happened? You lost your tooth? Can you smile real big and let us see it? Oh, wow. It's like very center. Can you guys, I don't know if you can see that. The camera's probably zoom in right on your face right now. See that big camera back there? Facebook is laughing with us right now, okay? So, Hattie, quick question for you. Is the church like just this big building or is it more than that? People. The church is, what'd you say? People. People. Did she get it right? Yeah, give her a hand. Give me a high five. 
Very good. All right. Now, I think this is a hard one. In fact, I had to look it up to get the answer. But what are four habits that Christians should have? Um, Bible, offering, praying, church. Good job. Did you guys hear it? Bible, offering, prayer, and church. Did she get it right? Two for two. Very good. All right. And the third one, why is it so important to tell your story? So others can get saved too. Very good. Did you hear? Very good. So others can get saved. Hattie, I think she deserves her certificate. Don't you guys think? All right. Good job, Hattie. You can go have a seat. Very good. Thank you, Molly. Wow, that was a, number two was hard. Did you, I'm going to reiterate that because a six-year-old told you that good habits for someone who's a follower of Jesus was offering, can I get an amen? amen. Right, offering church attendance, show up. You know how important it is, and, and she doesn't know, but we're about to read that scripture to be here. And Bible study, and what was the fourth one she said? Anybody remember? prayer. I'm going to study God's word. I'm going to talk to God every day. I'm going to be generous. I'm going to give back because God has given me so much. And I'm going to show up because I'm going to encourage one another. So we think about discipleship. Let me give you the definition. Well, it's, it's on there. I'm, I'm assuming you've already filled in the blank. I'm assuming you're ahead of me. But discipleship is equipping believers to be faithful followers of Jesus. Now, discipleship, as we think about this term, equipping believers to be faithful followers of Jesus. Now, this class, a new believers class, that I'm a Christian now, as it's the title, that Hattie just went through as a six-year-old, and learning the basic principles of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, that is like this formal setting of discipleship. But a lot of times, discipleship is, is not just formal, but informal. I remember when, when uh, we were working with, with students here at Hallmark, and for whatever reason, there were always students at my house eating my food. But in that process, there were a couple guys that, uh, that were always seemed to be at my house. We played a lot of Madden uh, football, and they were always over at, in the evening. And you know what we would do every evening that they got to be a part of? We'd take our two kids to bed, we'd sit them down, we'd have a time of prayer. And you know what that was for those two boys, specifically those two who didn't have a dad in their life? It was a discipleship. I'm training them, what does it look like to be a godly father? Now, I said a lot of bad examples, but that was one of the good examples. So sometimes discipleship is formal, sometimes it's it's informal, but the, always the goal is that we're equipping believers to know what it means like and what it looks like to find and follow Jesus. All right, so there's three words that I want you to catch as we, hopefully you've already begun to catch. What are we doing here? We're leading people to find and follow Jesus, right? We're leading people to find and follow Jesus. I think you got that. Now, there's three words that kind of help us in that process of thinking, what does that look like at Hallmark Baptist Church? How do we do that? What's the process of leading people to find and follow Jesus? So I just want to kind of lay that out for you in three words. The first one is crowd, all right? So let me give you the sentence, the, the blanks on your bulletin. Leading people from the crowd into community 
to become the core. Leading people from the crowd into community to become the core. What is it? Let's define those then. What is, it, what is the crowd? What are we talking about? So the crowd would be you here today. Everyone here is a part of the crowd. The crowd would be uh, those who maybe are believers in Christ, but the only time they come to church is right here, Sunday morning. The crowd could also be and would extend to anyone who's not here yet. You realize we have a huge crowd outside of the church that we need to reach. So we think about the crowd, we're moving people from the crowd into community. This really understand then is a biggest portion of what we, when we think about the crowd, which, uh, which side of the oar that is, that would be evangelism, that we're trying to get people in. So why would we do that? Here, here's what Jesus did. Luke 19, verse 10. Luke 19, 10 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost, the crowd. You see that modeled in Jesus' life. He was always gathering the crowd. Then he would move into his community, more closely disciple, and then into the core. Matthew 4, 19 also says, and, and Pastor Dave preached this on a few weeks ago, Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So if we are true followers of Christ, what Jesus is saying here is that we're going to invite people to be a part of the crowd. We're going to continually trying to get people into the doors to hear the gospel. We're going to have those conversations in our workplace. We're going to have those conversations at school. We're going to, as Hattie instructed us, tell our story so that others can know about Jesus. So Sunday mornings are a crowd, but it's also the crowd as those who aren't here yet. You know, in a few weeks, we have a great opportunity to invite a large crowd onto our campus. So maybe you've been hearing about this uh, spring of Palooza, right? So we, we've, we've done fall Palooza for many years, and so now we're going to just pretty much do a similar thing. Pray for good weather that day, all right? And we're going to be outside. Uh, we actually have a helicopter planning to fly over and drop eggs with candy, all right? So we need you to bring all that. But why would we do Why are we going to do that? It's so that people can know this is a safe place. That, that they can come and bring their kids in a great environment. And, and guess what is, just happens to be the next week after Springapalooza? The one Sunday of the week that the most unchurched people will walk into church doors. Easter Sunday. So we want to get a crowd here on that event so that we can get a crowd for Easter so they can hear what? The gospel. And so, hey, I want to mark your calendar, March 22nd and 29th. It's on your bulletin. We're going we're gonna to go out into the community, and our goal is to give out 10,000 door hangers on those two nights. Okay, so be here. The instructions are there in the bulletin, 5 o'clock. We're going to get our walk on, all right? If you can't walk that long and you don't want to walk that long, you can sit and fill eggs with candy, okay? So we have something for everyone, all right? What, so again, all the things that we do that are reaching into our community to bring them in so they can hear about Jesus. It always points back to Jesus. All right, so again, from the crowd into community. All right, and here's the verse that, that uh, Hattie would have alluded to. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his returning or his return is drawing near. The importance of being here, the importance of showing up, 
That, that verse says that because you just showed up this morning, do you realize just because you're here, someone was encouraged by seeing you? That you and your attendance and you being faithful to God's house, it's an encouragement. And it says here, let's stir up love in one another, encourage one another, because Jesus is coming. And we want to be in community. So when we think about, in the most simplest terms, crowd is going to be our Sunday morning. It's those who aren't here. When we think about community, this next word, it's, it's about a connection. It's about, you know, the biggest opportunity that we have every week in sun, to connect and to have community is at 930 every Sunday morning. We have some of the best connect group teachers. We have some of the best connect group leaders. Adults all the way down to the nursery. And when you come into a connect group, your, your kids who maybe is five years old, today they're going to learn about Malachi. And you, if you're 55 years old, you're going to hear about Malachi. And it's an opportunity for you to have a conversation about Malachi. And so connecting. And we have all kinds of things that are drawing people, bringing them in to community. Whether that be men's breakfast, March 7th, by the way. Whether that be ladies' brunch, March 7th, by the way. It's an opportunity for us to come and to connect and to bring you in to community. Again, as we think about the illustration of the oar here, we're better together. We're better together. And, and we need you and you need us. Community. All right, so we're moving from uh, the crowd into community to become the core. All right, and what does that mean? Let's look at a couple of passages of Scripture. 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 2 says this, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Again, this is underscoring the process of discipleship, that I'm teaching someone what it means to follow Christ and in turn, they're going to go find someone to bring to Christ, and they're going to teach that person how to follow Christ. And that's what Paul, this whole letter in Second Timothy, Paul, it's, it's almost, he's almost about to die. He knows he's about to die. It's like his last lesson teaching to Timothy, who he's been discipling, who he's been teaching how to follow Christ. And, and the last thing, Timothy, Timothy, get it. Just as I've been teaching you, now you teach someone else. We want to we invest in someone else. 2 Timothy 2.15 then says this, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Again, Paul is just saying, Timothy, Timothy, listen. You've got to grow up. You've got you to continue to learn what I've taught you. You've got to get into the word every day. Let's, let's go back to the habits Hattie talked about. Bible study. In the word every day. Prayer. Talking to God every day. So we think about contour, uh, the core. We think about um, what it means to be the core. When we think about when, when does the most opportunity for that to happen. So if crowd would be Sunday morning. Community is going to be connect groups on Sunday morning. Then the core. When, it, when is the best, most obvious time that's going to happen? It's going to be Wednesday night. And on Wednesday night, uh, if, you, if you haven't made a habit of coming on Wednesday night, let me encourage you to come. We meet at 6.30 in the chapel. We have a great time where everyone gets together. Uh, ben leads us in some music, and we, we just have an opportunity to kind of be recentered for the week. And then we spread out into gender-specific Bible studies where we can get a little 
more time to actually discuss what is God's word teaching me this week? What have I learned in my habit of reading the Bible? What, have I, what has God taught me as I've prayed, as I've showed up for church? And it's just an opportunity to grow in my faith. So again, we're removing people from the community, uh, from the crowd into community to become the core. There's so many opportunities. When I think of core, I think of all the people in our church that are serving. M- many of you that are in here now, uh, you, you spend one week a month, one Sunday a month, and you're in, in with Hallmark Kids, and you're serving, and you're in the nursery, and, and you're taking care, and, and thank you, thank you, thank you. Our, our kids workers do an amazing job investing. There's so, so many of you, uh, I look around and see people with the orange lanyard on, and you greet people as they come in the door, and you're connecting them to someone, and, and there's so many opportunities to serve. I think of Israel up there trying to I'm going to slow down so he can translate a little better. I think about all the people that serve every Sunday in this church. And what's the, what's the purpose of that? It's to lead people to find and follow Jesus. And I'm so glad that I get to be a part of something bigger than myself. That I can come into a place like this and, and I can hear the stories on the screen of people who someone invited to church... It wasn't me. And they were introduced to Jesus. And they started this journey from the crowd to the community to become the core. You know, there's a, a group of people right now, right back behind the stage, and they're praying for this moment, for this service. It's, it's a new ministry that, that Billy Giesland started, and I, I think it's a powerful ministry of people who just take a week a month, and they go in here during the message, and they just go in this back room, and they just pray. You know what that means? That right now, someone is praying for you. And they're praying that God would say something, that in God's word and through the message, maybe it's through the music, that God would, would speak into your life. And some of you came in here this morning with, with, with heaviness and hurt. And people are in the room right now praying. And, and if, if God is speaking to you about that this morning, let me know. We would love to sign you up to, to be a part of that. It's an awesome ministry. There's so many ministries that you could be involved in and, and serve. But as we think about this statement, we want to lead people to find and follow Jesus. Then, then I just kind of in conclusion want to say this morning, who are you personally leading to find and follow Jesus? Who's on your prayer list Is it a neighbor, a friend at school, a teammate, a coworker? Maybe it's a family member. And that we would just be challenged to pray, God, help me this year lead at least one person to find and follow Jesus. Would you close your eyes for a moment? So we're going to just have a time of response, and we're going, to, we're going to close with a song. And it talks about how worthy Jesus is to serve. And so I want you to just, as you sit there and, and we kind of process what you've heard, I want you to wrestle with that question. Who am I personally investing in and leading them to find and follow Jesus? 
And, and if there's not anyone on your list, if someone doesn't immediately come to your mind, then I'm going I'm to ask you to pray that God would give you someone that God would give someone in your life that you could begin praying for, that I'm going to lead them to find and follow Jesus. And I'm going to challenge you this morning. If Maybe you have five people on your list. Maybe you have two. Maybe you don't have anyone yet. I'm going to challenge you in a moment. That we're going to have a time of prayer. And I'm just going to ask you, step out this morning and just have a special moment of prayer here at the altar and say, God, pray for this person that I could lead them to find and follow you would you stand with me this morning God we thank you for this day Lord we thank you for the privilege we have to serve you Lord we're thankful for a church filled with people who want to know you more Lord help us as individuals help us as a church to be motivated because of how worthy you are, because of your love, because of your grace, because of your mercy, to want to share that with someone, that we could lead people to find and follow you. Bless this opportunity we have today to worship. It's in your name we pray. Amen.